0: Welcome to the New Day Community Church sermon podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Section that, we, have you heard it said, is kind of bookended by, by scriptures, and I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. But it actually, right between the Beatitudes and the have you heard it said, Jesus says this, you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamb and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So he's using this as, as like an intention getter for the next section. You're the light of the hill. You're the light of the world. Those who believe in God and are serving him need to be lights. And then he goes into the next section about what it is that we need to do to be that light. Because so far, people look to the Pharisees as the light. And Jesus starts with a section, in in um, so the section that, have you heard it said, is 15 through 48, but the first part of the section says he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And, and then he, and he goes on and he says, your righteousness needs to be that more than the experts. And, and so he's really zeroing in on what the Pharisees were doing wrong, right? And you guys have heard um, Mark talk about murder and, and um, Bill talk about adultery. And so they were talking about the things the Pharisees were doing on the outside, but their insides were not right. And Jesus later calls them, um, like, you guys are like uh, whitewashed tombstones, but inside you're filthy and rotten and yeah. decaying. Um, There's a commentator that I was reading. His name is David Platt. Um, he wrote the Christ-Centered Exposition, and he says this, this is not an outward righteousness, outer righteousness to show everyone how good we look, but an inner righteousness to show how gracious and powerful God is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want them to see the God inside of us. Mm-hmm. And, and he goes on and he says, like the wind, Jesus says, this work of God's spirit is something we can bring about that we can't bring about, but we can see the effects of it, right? We can't see the wind, but we can see the effects of it. And so people should be able to see the effects of the Holy Spirit working in your life. So the passage that we're going to cover today is Matthew 5, 33 through 37. Again, you have heard it said to the people long ago, do not break your oath. But fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond comes... From the evil one so we're going to take this um, verse by verse and we're going to start with what Jesus is beginning with again you have heard it said to the people long ago again you've heard said so he's repeating himself because you've heard it said about murder you've heard it said about adultery and all, all the others and so he's talking about do not break your oath but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made now Jesus isn't quoting just one scripture. Like, um, when when Mark talked about murder, we they went back to the Ten Commandments, right? You know, thou shalt not murder. And adultery the same way. But um, he's actually talking about the law that was found in several places. Um, John Stott says this. This is not an accurate quotation of any one law of Moses. At the same time, it is not inaccurate, it's not an inaccurate summary of several Old Testament precepts which require people who make vows to keep them. So he's not referring to one, but he's talking about several, right? And he's talking about the heart of it. So what are the several? Well, a couple of them. Um, The first one of them is Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who mis- misuses his name. And in Leviticus, he says, do not swear falsely by my name, or, or, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. And then in Deuteronomy, we see a much longer pl- place just about the um, um, vows. And if you're following along, it, most of these are in the NIV. If you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not be slow to pay it, for the Lord your God will certainly demand it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. But if you refrain from making a vow, you will not be guilty. Whatever your lips utter, you must be sure to do, because you made your vow freely to the Lord your God with your mouth. So you have the choice to make that vow, right? You've made that choice. And... And then the the, uh, the last one that I'll quote today is Zechariah eight seventeen. Do not plot evil against each other, and do not swear or do not love to swear falsely. I hate this, mm. declares the Lord. Oh. And so you're like, okay, so we can't take an oath. That's not really what he's talking about here, because what the the Pharisees were doing is they would swear um, uh, uh, this is another quote by, by David Platt they would swear by this or that object and then back out of their promise but so long as they didn't swear by the wrong things then they were mm-hmm. somehow people of integrity so the oaths that they were using were like formulas to try and get out of the vow that they made mm-hmm. so um, and, and Jesus goes on to explain this Um In in verses 34 through 36, he says, But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it's God's throne, or by earth, for it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. And do not even swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. He's talking permanently, because, you know, some of those- us <laughs> but, um, so God is showing that, 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 so Jesus is, is actually making reference to the vows that these people made, and, and he goes in, if you look in, um, chapter 23, 16 through 22, he expounds on this, because he says, Woe to you blind guides who say, if anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if you swear by the gold of the temple, you're bound to make an oath. Okay, so the temple, oh, I can swear by the temple, and then you don't have to follow through with it. But the gold, oh, you know, that one, you got to make sure you follow through with that one. And then he goes on again and says, which is greater, the gold or the temple, that made the gold sacred. And he says, if anyone swears by the altar, it's nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift on the altar, he is bound by his oath. Again, he's saying, so you guys say, it's okay to do this one, but not okay to do this one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, then, um, and then he says, and those who swear by heaven, who sits in heaven? Well, that's God, right? Yep. And who, if you swear by Earth, well, who made the Earth? God, right? So if you, if you, any of those formulas, like the things that they were trying to manipulate, so they didn't have to tell the truth, who made everything? Like even, even your own head, God made you, you know. Yep. And and so He's the one who, and ultimately, you're swearing on His power because all of it's His anyway. So, um, so, then, so then the question that, that came up to me when I was reading this part of the passage is, so can you declare an oath? Because people have gotten really legalistic in, in, in that, well, so now I won't take any oath at all, you know, and I go into a courtroom. And um, Barclay has something to say about this. He says, some have taken this word of Jesus as more than an emphasis of truth-telling and honesty, as an absolute prohibition of all oaths. And this is misguided, because oaths are permitted under certain circumstances as long as they are not abused and used as a cover for deception. And we see that in the Bible, so if an oath is wrong at all, God actually makes an oath in Hebrews 6. When he um, he's quoting that, when God made his promise to Abraham, there was no one greater to swear by So he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. Mm -hmm. Well, so God can do it. Jesus also did it. In Matthew, when he was being, um, when the high priest was, um, uh, and they were in court, Mm -hmm. and he says to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus answers him under oath. And then Paul, actually, he, taught, he makes oaths several times. In Romans 1 through 9, he says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit of the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you in, prayer, in my prayers. And in 2 Corinthians, he says, I call on God as my witness, and I stake my life on it. And in Galatians, he says, I declare before God that what I am writing to you is not a lie. So we see that oaths in and of themselves are not the problem. Mm -hmm. It's the intent in your heart in which you take the oath. Um, Barclay again says, the truly good man will never need to take an oath. The truth of his sayings and the reality of his promises need no such guarantees. But the fact that oaths are sometimes still needed is the proof that men are not always good." or it's not the proof that men are not good, but that this is not a good world. Mm -hmm. So sometimes in a courtroom, you need to swear that you're telling the truth. But John Stott also said, Jesus emphasized his teaching that honest men do not need oaths. It's not that they should refuse to take them if it's required by some external authority to do so. Um, But again, you shouldn't have to, right? Because Jesus says, he ends with, or he goes on with, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. James, in um, chapter 5, 12, reiterates this, saying, above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by the heavens or the earth or anything else. All you need to say is simple yes or no, otherwise you'll be condemned. Um... I, I, the one uh, a commentator was talking about, um, he said swearing or AKA oath taking is really a pathetic confession of our own dishonesty because oaths arise most of the time when people say, no, I swear, you know, cross my heart, hope to die, mm-hmm. you know, pinky promise because you don't have any, you know, in truth in you. Uh, I, I, at school this week, just just this week, um, I work at a school, I work at a high school, and um, we have a a student who, um, senior in high school, and they um, were going to the bus, and they had their um, phone in their hand, and another student, uh, a freshman, um, being a little bit obnoxious, came running up, grabbed the phone, went and jumped on the bus and took off, or, you know, got on the bus and left. And so the student um, who had the phone stolen came in the next morning and was like, oh my gosh, this happened. And um, so went to, went, and so I ended up having to be involved and so I went to the police officer that we have, we, we all have a liaison police officer that works at the school and went in and said, you know, blah, 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 this happened. And, and he said, well, who was the student who had their phone stolen? And I told him the name, and he goes, Phew. because she's been given to lie for the past four years. And so for him, I don't believe that. And so it was like, well, could you, could you look it on the cameras? He wasn't even going to look on the cameras until we said, well, actually, there was another student who is trustworthy who said they saw it. And he's like, okay, well then I'll investigate. But that shows you what mm-hmm. happens. Because lying, you know, or, or, you know, it's just trying to re- resort to swearing. is it, it actually devalues your promise. Mm-hmm. It almost like when you say something and then you add, no, I swear, I swear it's true. Now you're like, mm. is it, <laughs> what are you trying to say? Should we believe you? Now, if it's somebody who, um, so, and so in, in, in really, then we get to the heart of the matter, and this is another teaching, and I'm like, they aren't going to let me have this much time. Mm-hmm. But the whole heart of the matter is why would you lie? But it's a heart issue, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. right? Are you avoiding punishment? Are you trying to protect yourself? People lie because they don't want to give up control, so they control the situation by lying. Um, Maybe it's just a simple, I want somebody to like me, so I fabricate this thing so they'll like me. We've all seen the, the um, you know, can you really believe that's like the dating sites that have the pictures and profiles, you're like, are you sure that's really what you look like, are you really sure, like, because you want people to like you, right? So you're lying, basically. Um, for some people, and I, we have a student who does this, it's just, it's almost like a thrill. Like can I get away with this? Like seriously for this kid? And and so yeah and, and or maybe it's just to avoid embarrassment. And so the question really needs to be asked, what's at the heart of that? Mm-hmm. Right. What is at the heart of that? And so if you have, are in a situation with someone who, who has a tendency to lie or a tendency to well, a tendency to lie, it's just lying. You know, if they're swearing all the time, but you know, I promise, I swear, you know. Have to ask them what's going on in your heart. Like, why do you feel like you have to emphasize that? You know, why? Why? What's the motivation there? And that will help you to discover maybe and help them get to a core issue that they need to be healed of. So, um, but so, why is Jesus saying this? Well, one, so that we won't lie. But, but um, just like. Bill mentioned last week the bookends of this particular section. You have heard it said it ends with "Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect." Now, when I first heard that, and when I read that, I'm like, "Whoa, wait a second. That's not attainable, is it? We need to be perfect?" Well, that word "perfect" means. Like, he wouldn't say something, first of all, he wouldn't say something that's not attainable. He wouldn't say, be perfect, if we couldn't do it. Right? Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, he wouldn't tell you to do something if you weren't able or capable of doing it. But perfect in this, this word perfect means to be brought to its end, to be finished, Lacking nothing necessary to completeness. And isn't that what our walk with Jesus is all about? To be complete, right? To be his disciple, to be like Jesus. So when we're walking out our daily life, we're, we're being transformed but day by day into the likeness of his image. And we sang that song today, um, Miracle Working God. Oh my gosh, where is she? She's doing something. You did such a fantastic job. Oh, melted my heart. Um, He changes our hearts and makes us who he wants to be, which is like him, right? And so um, we want to be people of integrity. And this is the part that just really got me. In um, 1 Peter, it says this. He who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And he's referencing here Psalm 34, which says, Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Mm-hmm. So really, the, we, the heart issue is that we want to not speak out lies. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so when I was looking up, that and I was digging in and you know I'm not I, um, I want you to know that I love being up here I love teaching things but I love researching it and finding out the truth of it and my prayer for you is if you hear this and go I don't know about that I don't know if she's what she's saying is really dig into your bible dig into some resources some commentaries and and see it for yourself and let God reveal it to you. Because, like, what really got me was when I went to the when when I got to the end and said, So what is his purpose? What is his goal? His goal in this whole section is that we would be like him, that we would be his disciples, that we would be that light on the hill. And that light comes from the inside. That we have integrity. And in James 3, 2, it says, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect. Able to keep their whole body in check. What? What? I I looked up a different translation. I was like, wait a second. And the New Living Translation, it says, Indeed, we all make mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could control ourselves in every other way. I was like, wait a second. That word perfect is the same perfect that Jesus used in um, the end of what you have heard it said. So that you would be perfect. It's the same perfection. It's that same completeness. If we could control what actually came out of our mouths, and James has a lot to say about that, you know, about the, the ship and a little rudder takes a big ship a long way. And, and he's saying this again, that if we could control what comes out of our mouth, man, we could control our whole body.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We could keep ourselves from sinning, right? And that's what we want to do. Not because of a legalistic Mindset, not because of a well I won't say, I won't say I swear, but I still lie. You're missing the point. Right? You won't, I won't take an oath, but I still am gonna, you know, tell a little white lies or just make somebody feel better by concealing the truth. You're missing the point. The point is that our hearts are pure, that our hearts would be full of God's love. And the only way to do that is to spend time with the Lord. The only way to do that is to dig into his word and hear his truths presented to you and receive them. We need to be receiving his truth and allowing it to look er, allowing it to come into our lives. <laughs> um, when Ray and I first got married almost eight years ago, um the first year we were married, we actually lived in separate houses in separate towns <laughs> because his job was in Jackson and mine was in Kalamazoo. And, and um, so we got married in the spring and then spent most of the summer together, but then you know, we only saw each other on the weekends. And you don't really get to know someone very well unless you're living with them and you can't escape. So, you know, on the weekends, you can always, you know, you're like, okay, well, I can deal with about so much and then when I'm like, I can't deal with anymore, I get to go to this other town. Which, um, what, you know, I mean, it was what it was, um, not good. And um, it seemed good, it seemed like it was working and then the Lord said, no, you guys gotta, you gotta. actually, he said to me, give up your idol and move because I had made my home in Kalamazoo be an idol and um, so I did, I moved um, and we, we then started to actually share everything. And I remember there was um, this one situation about money. So the truth is I'm not so good with money and he's very meticulous with money. And when you're living in two separate houses and you've been like, I had my job paying for my stuff, he had his job paying for his stuff. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to combine everything and then like you only see each other on the weekend so we just continued that so then when we we're together now it makes sense to do everything together and like how are we gonna work this out and and so then it was like I still had my habits and he still didn't and I remember there was this one situation that I may have let a, a charge card get a lot of hands and um, I just said to him one day like I couldn't I couldn't I didn't know what I was gonna do and um, we still had two different accounts but we had a shared account and he, meticulous saving I'm like I kind of got into a little bit of trouble and didn't tell him and so I finally had to confess and and The the thing about a lie is that when you hold it, it gets bigger in your mind, you know, like and it gets bigger in your heart, and it's like this thing. So finally, I came to him and I'm just like, oh, I gotta tell you something. And I said, you know, I did this thing, and I didn't want to tell you, and I thought I could handle it, and I can't handle it. And so, really, if there's any money in the shared account, which I know there is, could we go ahead and take care of this thing? Because I don't want it to do. And he looked at me and goes, well, yeah, we can do that. And I thought, you're not mad? And he goes, he said, well, no, I'm not. I'm not angry. But why would you lie to me about something little? Hmm. How can I trust you about anything big? And wow, thought about hitting me with a two by four. (laughs) It was like, I want him to trust me about the big things. Mm -hmm. So why would I keep this little thing? And so I, I really believe that Jesus is, through this whole passage, um, you have heard it said, not, not just this one, but all of them. The goal is to be the light of the world. You know? If I'm lying, or I'm angry, or I'm an adulterer, if I'm doing those things, or even doing, I'm not murdering somebody, but I'm angry. Not not an adult, I'm not sinning in adultery, but in my heart, I'm looking at people. I have these thoughts. How can I offer someone who's stuck in the world any kind of life? Mm -hmm. Because the life Jesus offers is freedom. What kind of freedom are you offering someone? Saying, hey, I found freedom in this area. You know, I was I was talking with one of my son and one of my sons and, and I just said, you know, for me, because I had a past that was that was uh, promiscuous and 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 secretive, now when I, I I I we made it a policy, like like and I didn't I don't think we actually said it, but with Ray and I, I'm just like my phone, you know my passcode. You can look at my email, you can look at my Facebook, you can look at my messages. Because I have nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. But the minute you start hiding things is the minute things snowball out of, out of control. And so, our, our, so I have to put in safeguards. You know, I have to put in safeguards around my heart. And so I just feel like Jesus in this whole passage is talking about the safeguards we can put into place. So that we can be the light of the world. Mm-hmm. To, and also to bring freedom to ourselves. Because if we have freedom in our hearts, we have something to offer. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So can I close with prayer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you guys join with me in prayer? Yeah, Father, I just thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, that you care about our hearts. And that you don't want us to be shackled to any sin that you want freedom for each of us. And Lord, I just ask that each person here today would be able to receive your truth. And if there is any area that we're struggling with, that we would just seek you out or seek out um, even people in the church to just confess those sins and receive freedom. and they just have to confess to you with their mouth. And then they can receive the freedom that you have for them. Lord, help us to continue to um, be perfect. <laughs> that we would become complete in your eyes. And that our goal is to be the light of the world. I just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it looks like <laughs> um, we have